Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to The Hook Rocks. It's Jay Scott. Hope everyone is staying safe, staying healthy, as I've been saying here for the last several episodes. Hopefully, uh, things will start improving and we can look forward to venturing out and enjoying the spring weather. It'll be soon summer before we know it. I'd like to welcome in my next guest from Lancaster, England, Mr. Barry Boz Mills from Massive Wagons. What's going on, Barry? How you doing? Hello, man. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you very much. All yeah, good. I'm, I'm happy you're doing this. I've been a big fan of Massive Wagons for a while. The last album that you guys did, it was tremendous. One of my favorite albums of the last decade. Right. Uh, it's just a great, fun album with great melodies, great hooks, great songwriting, uh, great things. And I'm looking forward to the new album, uh, which is House of Noise, due out in July. You got the new single, In It Together, which we'll get to here in a bit. But thank you for doing this. Yeah, no, no worries at all for having me on. Yeah, we're looking forward to uh, looking forward to the new album coming out. It's um, all been a bit strange at the moment with the lockdown business going on, and uh, we weren't sure we weren't sure whether to release it or not, or, or wait. I think a lot of bands are. Um, are holding off releasing stuff at the moment because they can't tour and they can't promote their albums. But you know, we we, we I don't. It's either genius or madness. We'll, we'll find out in July. Yeah. <laughs> releasing it during a lockdown. But I it's, don't know. It's 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 almost like it was back in the day when a band was releasing an album and you were looking forward to it. And what I mean by that is because there's not a lot of stuff going on with people because everybody's locked down or most people are. There's not a lot to look forward to. So when you have an album that's coming out that you've been anticipating, it makes you feel like uh, like like young again. It makes you feel like, wow, I can't wait for that record to come out because you're you know there's not a lot to focus on. And and I've chosen to focus on the things that I love during this lockdown, whether it's music, whether it's reading, whether it's movies, whether it's hanging out with my son. You know, all those things matter to me. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited. It's it's almost like I feel like a kid again. <laughs> well, you know, you know that that's most of what you said there was. Yeah, it was a big it was a big discussion for us amongst our management and whatnot and ourselves whether to hold off or to go ahead and release the album. But a lot of what you, a lot of what you said there was was brought up. People people still need people still need something to look forward to. You need to give people a sense of normality again because they're not going. You can't go to gigs. Um, and yeah, the anticipation of a new album of a band you like is, is a big thing if you're really into that band and you're looking forward to a new album. It, does, it gives your fans something, something to look forward to and focus their attention on. And, you know, and, and, and that's, that's exactly one of the big reasons that, that we wanted to do it. Um, plus, well, I, we also thought if we release, we release the album after the lockdown or whatever, and things start getting back to normal, all the other bands in the world start releasing albums, you, just, you, you may end up getting lost in a mire of bands. You know, you go under the radar. So to release it at the moment, we're, we're kind of, you know, doing the unthinkable, really. Um, and I don't know when many of the bands that are releasing during a time when you can't tour and you can't promote it very well, you know. you just got to think on your feet and try and be a bit unique and clever thinking ways to, to promote it without without being able to play, the, play gigs, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. People still need... And escape. People still need something to look forward to, you know. I mean, it's really important that people have that right now because, you know, when you're inside and you're not doing much, 
you know, your mind can, can kind of wander off a little bit. And, you know, the more you put into it, the more you, you look forward to things and focus on things, you know, the, the quicker this is going to feel like, mm. you know, going by, you know, I mean, if you just remain stagnant yeah. and don't really enjoy anything while this is going on, it's going to feel longer. It's going to feel monotonous. It's going to feel, yeah. you know, like a strain on yourself. So got to keep your mind busy. got to keep yourself busy as best as you can and just not just become, yeah. you know, just sitting on the couch, just staring at the wall because nobody wants that. No. I mean, one of the great things, I mean, social media does have its down points, but one of its big, big plus points is you can, you can really create a personal relationship with a, a, a fan base, you know, um, a, a big fan base. You can, you, you, you can be involved, your fans can be involved with you, and, and you can get a real, a real sense that, that they, are, they appreciate everything that you're doing to release the album as well. It's, it's not just a once-a-month to a magazine subscription like it used to be or you used to just catch telly or a TV, you know, or in a newspaper or what's going on. You can, you, you, your fans are really along for the ride and they you know exactly what you're going through and exactly it tells. And, uh, you know, everybody's really, we're all releasing it together as a fan base and a band and, and it's nice to get everyone involved and like you said, if you like to get involved and know what's going on and it's personal and, and I think that's, that's brilliant. We always start the the episode the same way with the same first question every time we have a new guest on the podcast. And it's the essence of the Hook Rocks podcast. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a band, a performance, a song, or album, that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? What, coming into rock and roll music? Yeah. In general, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I, would, uh, I mean, a moment. The, the, the thing that really, really hooked me in. I mean, I listen to. I think. I think the, the thing as a child, your parents' music obviously influenced you. You listen to things your parents listened to as a kid. We, my dad used to listen to Dallas Straits a lot, so I was aware of guitar music and I liked guitar music. But on a per, on a personal level, when I was, I think when I must have been twelve or thirteen. One year for Christmas, I got I got a personal stereo, and I got I got paint, the album Painkiller by Judas Priest um, on tape cassette, and, um, and and that was that was mine. I wasn't listening to anybody else's music then. I didn't have to listen to music in a room somebody else was listening to. That was the first time I was able to control what I listened to as much as I wanted to, as loud as I wanted to. And I only had this one album, but it was. Painkiller by Judas Priest, and it's a phenomenal album. And it was, it was just like, wow, wow, this is this is it. This is I love everything about it. You know, at the time it was a new album, and it's an absolutely monstrous heavy metal album. And yeah, and it was just like it was mine. And this was my this is my sort of the start of my journey into controlling my own music, if you like. So I would say I would say probably probably that moment, to be honest. Yeah, that's such a powerful record, you know, in, in terms of. You know the Priest catalog and the album itself. I mean, yeah, it's just it's regarded by Priest fans as probably being their best, if not the you know top one, two, or three. Definitely, well, no, yeah. It's, 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 it's for me. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, you've got you know huge metal British metal bands in the world, Maiden, and but for me, for me, the Painkiller is my favorite classic kind of heavy metal album of all time really I, I think it's an incredible album yeah 
Where did it go from there? I mean, you mentioned getting your first stereo. You mentioned how you were able to control what you listen to, when you listen to for the first time. After Painkiller, where did it go? Was there a moment where you heard a band or saw a band that you wanted to be in a band? Um, well, my, my again, again, my dad always played in in bands. He always played in rock rock bands. When I was, to be honest, before I was able to go and see any of the stuff he did, and by the time I was old enough to go and watch the bands he was playing in, he was playing in country bands, <laughs> which isn't which isn't bad. I, don't, I, like, I like country music. But at that age, I was I was into rock and heavy metal, really. So I, I, I never got to see any bands until, until I was a bit older, really. And, and to be honest, the band the band that absolutely absolutely cemented the fact that I wanted to be in the band were, were, were Airborne. Um, me and me and a lot of guys um, in about two thousand and eight were um, we were all knocking around together and, and going to gigs and stuff, and, and we. We're in the DC and, and, the, and they were they, you know, all the guys, you know, the older bands and they don't play small venues and the first time ever we got to go and see, we heard Airborne and went to see them and there's the young, you know, four, four young guys giving it everything they've got at full, full volume. I mean, you know, it's great to go and watch the, the, the old, the, the classic bands at the time, Motorhead and ACDC and all the older guys, but they just, they've got a back catalogue but they, they just don't have the fire that the young guys have you know these young 20 odd year old guys playing like that I've never seen anything like it and uh, we all stood there and we were absolutely blown away and we all came out of that gig uh, and we were, we were like this is what this is what we want to do I want to we want to be in a band <laughs> yeah. yeah I've never seen anything like that yeah, it yeah. Was amazing you know Airborne is that band that does bring in a lot of old influences you know like you've mentioned like ACDC mm. and all that stuff so seeing them live must yeah. have been pretty you know pretty cool I mean they they are a great band yeah I mean it, it, it was when they had the first album was out and, and suddenly that's about the best album I don't think I stopped listening to that album for about a year um, permanently and, and I've never seen energy like it live more than anything it was the energy more than anything the songs are great um, but the live songs you know you can listen to the great listen to them on a CD or whatever but you, to really experience them you see them live you know he's climbing up climbing up things and jumping in a crowd and all that I mean I, mean, I know a lot of bands have already done that but it's the first time I've kind of seen that kind of thing um, to that level and that volume and power and yeah it just blew me away well, you mentioned you know you know their live performance, and you guys have a very um, you know great live performance too from the stuff that I've seen online. I mean, is that a direct influence from what you saw and how you want to present yourself on stage? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that their their live energy was what got me, and and, and I was the, 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 the full tilt, flat out kind of. It's kind of like a dangerous situation. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't know what's kind of going to happen. You don't know where they're going. You're on the edge of your seat almost. You know, you might fall off the stage or I don't know. I don't know. They just, you don't know what you're going to get. And I, and I like that unpredictability of it. And that, I mean, well, our music doesn't really sound like them, but certainly, certainly those energy levels is, is what I try to try to capture that fast and serious kind of upbeat kind of thing, you know, which make it up, make it up as we go along kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of vibe, really. Well, that's important because I've talked about that here on the podcast, the importance of the rock star. And one of the things the rock star does is, is 
be larger than life, you know. And I grew up in an era where mm. you saw David Lee Roth or you saw Rob Halford or you saw Bruce Dickinson, you saw Vince Neil, you saw all these great front men, you know, be the leader out on stage, yeah. be that be that presence. And I think a lot of that is missing yeah. in today's rock and roll. You know, I think a lot of that stage presence, yeah. that larger than life personality is missing and i and it's refreshing when i see you guys because you yourself i mean you are you know you try to be larger than life you try to be that that persona and i think that's great oh, oh thanks yeah yeah that's, that's i mean that's, that's definitely that's exactly what we want we wanted to, to get across i mean we've never we've never been a band that's more concerned about what i have been than, than our music you know I, I want it to be a sweaty affair you know I want to. I want to come off stage looking ugly, sweaty, and absolutely exhausted. You know, I want to have absolutely left everything, everything in the room on the stage. You know, face pulling, screaming, all that business. You know, I'm not, I'm not too bothered about you know looking like a pretty boy if you like, or impressing women, or it, it, I just want it to be a full, passionate, balls out affair. You know, that, that's that's my thing. I think uh, definitely. Uh, it's a good job I don't have to worry about being a pretty boy because I'm ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy that. I mean, I think that is so important because it is a rock and roll show. And when you go to a show, you yeah. want to see something that you'll remember. You want to see something that connects with you and hits you. And when you have a band Definitely. that is up there giving a show, I think that performance connects more with an audience than something that's just, you know, a bunch of guys just standing up there. I just think that it's, it's, uh, it's a great atmosphere to create. Yeah. So we, we, we had a really, a really, a, a really flattering, uh, tweet, uh, in the last few weeks, actually from a guy I hugely admire. And it's, it still, it still blows my mind really. Uh, Pete, Pete Snyder, um, retweeted one of our, our latest video offering together. And he made a comment, um, uh, wow, um, great to see new skill, new skill rock giving it this way, giving it you know the big, big thing this way. Um, and he said something like, uh, "At last, I get to see what everyone's talking about." Now I was like, "Wow, what do you mean everyone's talking about? <laughs> what are people are talking about us. Dee Schneider's heard of us. I mean, that, there's a guy, there's a guy for me who, the one of the ultimate front men, you know, who's, oh, yeah. he's an absolute icon. Dee Schneider is." You know, he's a maniac. He he completely leaves it on the stage, and he's unpredictable. And to, to get it, to, to, to have the guy, hear the guy comment on our one of our videos like that, it really blew my mind. It was incredible, really. D. Snyder is a guy that when he takes the stage, he owns it. He prowls around that stage like it's like it's his, like you know, and he he's phenomenal. He's one of the most phenomenal frontmen yeah. of rock and roll history. Absolutely, absolutely, an icon, an absolute icon. He's been he, he there and done that at the, the top, from the bottom to the top. Yeah, just 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 amazing. Yeah. So as it progressed from wanting to perform, what about writing music? You know, when you heard a song, or when you were, you know, when you were younger, was there a moment where a song connected with you, where like, hey, you know, I want to, I want to write the music, I, I'm going to write the song too as well. Um. I don't know really. I don't know how. I don't know how I came. I don't know. Like writing wise, I mean, we started. I started writing music with the band. I mean, I, I took the job as the singer at the time we started the band because nobody else would do it, and I just said, "I'll have a go," you know. Uh, 
And then we decided to start writing some songs and that. I don't know, I, I hadn't really, I was never really, never really hankered to write songs. I just thought, oh, I'll have a go, you know, how hard can it be? And then we, we, we just waded through a mire of writing absolute garbage for, you know, for, for a few years. Just complete, complete airborne rip-off, cheesy, <laughs> gratuitous, terrible songs. And it wasn't, it wasn't for a few years until I started really learning learning what I was doing uh, I started to listen to other songwriters and, and, and take note and, I mean I think a big influence on my songwriting is a guy called Ginger Wildheart um, a band called the Wildhearts I don't know if you're aware of them they, yes. they, were, they were quite big over, he, over here in the 90s uh, and they had some big tracks and that guy he's in a solo career and he's had a bit of a resurgence in the last few years and we've supported him a few times he, that guy he can write he can write lyrics it just blows me away it's incredible he, he appears to be able to say say so much in his songs and use so many words but it never sounds too much or overblown or hard work he's never cramming anything in it, it just everything flows and well and he gets his message across it's just, it's just brilliant I think I think he's amazing well that's a big influence on, on my songwriting really uh, probably, the, probably the biggest and a guy called Tony Wright from a band called Terrorvision he, he's another big influence on mine um, with a big British rock band well, it's all it's all part of the evolution of the artist, right? I mean, you start out listening to music, you know, you start out listening to rock music, you start seeing bands perform and you want to get on stage and be in a band and then there's the part of making music too as well. So, you know, it's interesting because everyone's evolution is different. That's the unique thing about every artist is no one has the same growth or evolution into no. music and I think that's that's tremendous. Well, this this it's not completely unique or unusual, but this this band that we're in, Massive Wagon, all of the guys that are in the band, this well, Stephen's our latest guitar player. He came from another band, but this this is our this is our first ever band. This is the only band we've ever been in. You know, we've been doing this eleven years now. Before this, there was no band for any of us. So we've started. We've gone from right at the bottom, knowing absolutely nothing about anything. No, we didn't know what promoters were, didn't know what how you got the gigging venue. Right from nothing, right through learning songs, right through learning how to write songs, how to get hold of it, how to contact a recording studio, how to do everything, right to where we are now. We've never we've never been in other bands or nobody's come from other bands. We weren't an amalgamation of other broken up bands bringing knowledge to a new band. We, we started from nothing, so we were all started out at day one together knowing nothing and we're all at day whatever knowing the same knowing the same amount having learned what we've learned over 11 years so we just learned learned along the way some bands think you've been around for, we've been around for a long time you know and it's, we've been we've been quoted as saying it's taken them a long time to get where they're going well it has taken us a long time but a lot of other bands have learned learned their craft in other bands you know it might it might seem like other bands haven't taken a long time to get where they're going but but it's only because they've learned in other bands we've been, if you know what I'm saying. We've, we've learned everything from nothing. That's an interesting dynamic because as you guys, you know, first you start the band and then you're booking gigs, you're making music, and you're all, you, you all fail together as you learn the process and you learn the business and you all succeed together sure. as you learn from those mistakes and say, hey, we can't do that again and let's do this now and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's really interesting because it creates kind of a synergy within the band that hey we've all built this together 
We've all had the same yeah. failures. We've had the same successes. We knew nothing. And now we're, you know, not only are we creating great music, but we're learning this whole thing. Like we're, it's, it's just the one ship going in the same direction and we're all in it together. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a fire. You don't want to let go out. We're all, we're all, we're all handling it uh, delicately as each other. It means as much to me as it does to the next guy in our band. And it's um, you know, this thing, and, and none of us, none of us want to uh, jeopardise that or leave. Or we all want to see it through. We've come through so much together. We were, we were all friends, good friends before the band. And to be honest, for the last ten years, we've, we're the only guys we've, we've only ever knocked around with each other. We've only hung out with each other um, within the band. I mean, if I was ever doing anything, it was with somebody in this band over the last ten years. You know, if they were going out somewhere, it was with me or with drummer or we, we all just hung around together all the time and although we're all in relationships now with different people we still have very close relationships with each other and um, the, probably the guys I speak to the most, more than anybody in the world is the rest of the guys in the band it's, it's just completely taken over all our lives um, and, and it's just amazing and we ne- we've never we've never really in 10 years fallen out or disagreed really we, we said at the beginning that the biggest killer of bands is it's people taking the hump or getting offended or falling out or but we're open to listen to each other and we don't fall out we just take it take it, take things on board and discuss things and we don't want to jeopardize what we're trying to build you know we're, we're, it's, um, it seems to work so far you know there's no egos in our band absolutely not at all it's, that's the best thing I think for a band if you can get away with it it's a true brotherhood it's a true family absolutely yeah yeah no, no doubt about it yeah I mean, more than ever now because my other half, um, we are, we live together and we have a little girl. She's our manager. Terry's our manager, um, and she's my girlfriend. So <laughs> you know, and uh, so yeah, we're we're, we're all um, building this thing. So her business, her business is uh, making sure our business is, is good. You know, and, she, and and that's great because we've had a few managers over the years and learning to find people in this industry that aren't don't want to take you for a ride or finding people to trust is the hardest thing when you can find somebody to trust do better to trust than your other half you know she wants what's best for me because that's the best for our family you know and uh, it's just amazing she works so hard on our behalf and uh, we've absolutely taken off since she was our manager you know I mean the last album you guys did Full Nelson um, resonated with me like I said in the beginning one of my favorite albums released over the past few years just a great record there's not a weak song on it. When that, great, when that cycle ended, you know, with the tour, with the album and everything, and you started planning for House of Noise, which is going to be hmm. released here in a few months, what did you guys set out to do that may be differently than Full Nelson? I mean, or was it, let's, hey, let's just keep this train rolling and let's just, uh, you know, keep it on the track. What was the, the goal for House of Noise that may have differed from Full Nelson? I mean, I mean, the, the ultimate goal. I'll be honest, the ultimate goal is, is to better that you last what you did last time. I suppose. But I don't really feel any. I personally don't feel any pressure over it. A, a big part, a, a big addition to our band was our new guitar player Stephen. He he joined our he joined the band nearly at the end of the writing process of Full Nelson, and he didn't really write any of the songs on the album, but he had little inputs and he recorded the album, but he didn't have anything to do with writing it. And this time. He's he's fully immersed in the writing process, and he's a phenomenal guitar player, and he's got a great imagination, 
and he's he's like, he's like Adam, who's always Adam, the guitar player, who's always written all the songs, um, the music. I write the words, and he writes the songs. Um, but Stephen has brought this and a fresh energy with him, and it's incredible. And I think he's written three or four of the songs on the album, and it's it, yeah, it, and that that was a that was a big a big boost. Um, and I just think it's it's brilliant. I'm so happy with it. Uh, with what we've done I think it's the best and I know all bands say and it's a massive pleasure <laughs> but um, I think it's our best album yeah with, without a shadow of a doubt I think I think the songwriting's better um, having more people another guy in the band like Stephen a musical brain who was great at developing songs Adam was always great but he was always on his own Carl our old guitar player was, was a great guy and he, he did the job on stage And but he wasn't as, he wasn't as adept as Adam at songwriting so we're kind of all on Adam's shoulders, really. But now Stephen, Stephen is is as involved as Adam is, so they really work well together, and they come up with these fantastic ideas, and 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 then that kicks me up the backside, and, and I want to do a great job to writing words for their music. You know, I don't want to let it down by being lazy over the lyrics. So I like I like to be pushed, and um, and then the fact that we're signed to a label, a decent label now, means that we had some decent backing, and we went to a, the best studio we've ever visited ever. A uh, guy, uh, guy, Andy Sneet, who is uh, the current guitar player in Judas Priest, his own personal studio, and um, we're, we're two two great producers. We've never worked with producers before because we've always been on a budget and we've always had a time scale. But now we've got a label with two two uh, world class producers on it as well. So all these things make a massive difference, and it's just just I just think it's the best thing we've ever done to partners with you. The first single in it together is awesome. I mean, it blew me away when I heard it. I was, of course, in the massive wagon zone. I was listening to Full Nelson because I, I knew the single was going to be coming out in a few days, and I and I heard it, and I was just floored by it. It was it's just a great song, a great opening for the new record. Oh, thanks. That's, that's, that's great to hear. I mean, you never you never know. I mean, that that song has been in the set for maybe eight months um, prior to even recording it. Because um, we, we put our songs, we have to write them, put, try them out live, and see how they go down. And, and it's been okay live, um, but it, I don't know. It, it, you never know truly how songs are going to sound until you record them. It sounds daft. You write them and think, yeah, that sounds good. I like that. And you play them in practice over and over. You think, yeah, I like that. That sounds great. You play it live. It's quite live. Yeah, that, that's good. It's good. Great song. We'll, we'll record that. But you don't, you don't truly know what a song is going to be like because you recorded it and heard it back and then it goes it either goes wow that is bigger than I thought In It Together is a prime example of that it sounds much bigger and bolder than I imagined it would do even with us playing it uh, there's other songs that there's songs we wrote we've played live and thought this is going to be great recorded and to be honest one of them has actually been cut off the album um, you know so you just don't you just don't know until you've gone through that process which are they going to be the standout songs or how they're going to sound or what the vibe's going to be, or you know, yeah, it's just it. It really does set the tone for what's to come for the album, and I think that's what you want as a band. You know, you want people to ha- you know have their interest peaked, and I think it definitely does. And I think it's a definite you know continuation from the great stuff that was on Full Nelson. Uh, so it's a lot to look forward to, oh. and, and the only thing I'm disappointed about is I got to wait till July before it comes out because I think it's uh, I think it's I, I can't wait to hear you know the, the the rest of the album I'm I'm really excited about it what what is the creative 
what is the creative process for Massive Wagons? I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but when you guys are writing material, when you guys are, you know, putting together an album, how is that process? What is that process like? Well, I, well, Adam, Adam, Adam has always been the, the 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 main the main songwriter, really. Adam, Adam has got a fantastic. I think he's a great songwriter. He's great at developing songs, which I think is—I said before—I think it's an absolute key when you're writing songs. We, we, we write Adam will write riffs, just and write cut with riffs and hooks and melodies and things. He'll, he'll, put, he'll try and put them in some sort of order. He'll say, "Barry, I've got this idea," uh, and I'll, I'll, we'll play them at practice, at band practice. Uh, and I'll rec- modern technology is marvelous. I record them on my telephone, so I've, so I've got them all. Um, or Stephen, Stephen will come and do the same thing, or he'll, he'll, he'll email me some ideas over, uh, and, then, and then I'll take them away. And, uh, and, and I'll, I, over, over the course of the year, or a couple of years, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly writing down on my telephone, on my telephone um, words or, or song ideas, wherever I am. If, if something hits my, hits, comes into my head, I think I'll see, a, I'll see something, or I'll hear something, I'll think, I like that, that's a, that's a great idea for a song. I'll write it down. Or oh, hear a word, just a word, I like that word, I'll, I'll write that word down. And I end up with a huge list of complete crap. It's just nonsensical words and, 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 and phrases and rhymes. And I'll, I'll take Adam's riffs and, or his, his melodies or whatever, and, and I'll, I'll look through this list, and whatever jumps out at me, and I think, yeah, I like that, I like that, that sounds good. Well, what was I thinking when I, when I wrote that down, I wonder? And then, and then, but it's just, it's just looking for a spark. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to write down things that spark something at a later date. And then once once it sparks, and I get excited about it, well, that's it. I'll, I'll write write it. I hope to write a verse, some verses, and a chorus, and take off the practice. Uh, and then Adam will say, "What have you come up with?" So I'll say, "All right, play along," and I'll I'll sing along and see what you think. And I'll sing, and they'll play, and then the lads will go, "Yeah, I like that." And then and then it then it just goes from there. Really, the lads join in. Essentially, Adam will show. Uh, Bowser, the bass guitar player, this is what I'm doing, do this. So Bowser will take the basics and, and play along and have his bits in. And, and then Alex, the drummer, Alex wants this beat, that beat. Uh, and away we go. And then, and then we just develop it on the run. You know, you've got the, you've got the basics, the, the, the chorus and the verse, uh, and, the, and away you go. And then, that's, then it's just fun. You just see where you go. And that's where your development comes in, I think. Some development, sometimes when you hit the brick wall, Adam's amazing. If we all hit the brick wall and think, oh, I, don't know, I don't know where to come go, what we're going to do here? It can be really, really infuriating. Adam, Adam just has this ability of being able to just throw, just what about this, what about this? And go, yeah, that's great, great, yeah. He just, just rolls out. He just rolls out and, yeah, and there you go, yeah. And if anything else needs writing, I'll write a few more words or we'll cut a bit out or... And it's all about the song for us as well. It's not about not being a band. It's not about anyone's solo or anyone's drum fills or my vocals. It's about the song. It has to be about the song for us. It's writing a great song you know there's nobody shows off no. if something doesn't need an 8 bar solo it doesn't have an 8 bar solo it has a 4 bar solo or whatever you know we don't over egg the pudding to coin a phrase it's about writing a great a great song that people will a catchy song that people hit people straight away and, and they want to sing it you know and uh, that, that's essentially uh, what it's about for us really it's always about the song I mean you're absolutely right I mean if you worry more about the individual part of the music, then it'll show and, it'll, and, it'll, and it'll, the song won't be as authentic and won't connect with the audience mm. as as you want it to. But if you are all worried about trying to connect with people and writing a good song, it truly is. I mean, throughout history of, of music, 
a good song is a good song, no matter who is writing yeah. it, whether it's a heavy metal song, whether it's a country song, whether it's a pop song. A, a great song yeah. will always connect and resonate with people. Yeah, and it's done the, it's done the test of time, all these great songs. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's all well and good having a great solo in a song, but you remember the song, don't you? You know, I, I, I can remember, yeah, catchy, simple, catchy songs. That's, yeah, songs that connect with people and people can remember, you know. I mean, you, you, once you've seen one shreddy solo or one overplayed over drum, Bill, you've seen them all, haven't you? Really, you, right. you, you've got to. You want to write a, a great song, and that's what we're. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we're all about. Great songs, simple or complicated, whatever it requires. That's what the song gets. Obviously, we're in a situation now globally that no one planned for, no one anticipated. It's made a lot of bands, a lot of musicians, pause their momentum, pause their plans for touring for new releases. We mentioned it. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of the of the show about how we're all dealing with it. What are you guys doing? I mean, I know you've you've probably had some postponements, some cancellations on on some some gigs. What you know, once yeah. this is over, does Massive Wagons have a plan of attack to get back to where you guys were? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough because. Back, I mean, back to normal, I suppose. Back to gigging. Um, we had we had so much planned. We had uh, so many things planned in the run up to the release of the album. Some PR things, gigs for fans, I and mean, special venues, and some other kind of things. And, and obviously a tour. We, we should have been in Europe for two weeks. I think we would have just come back from Europe. That the, that whole thing got cancelled. An Irish an Irish tour has been cancelled. The British tour has been cancelled. And, and it, we've actually released, we've rebooked some Germany dates, some Scandinavian dates for, like, for the beginning of next year. Uh, and we've actually um, booked a couple of gigs for later this year in this country. But it's just, you just don't know. We just don't, we truly don't know if, they, if they're going to be cancelled again. We just, we just don't know. I mean, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to be ahead of the game. You can't fall behind. I mean, our manager Terry, my other half, is like, we're going to book these, these dates in Germany again. And I said, I don't know. Do you want to announce it just to cancel on again? But she said, you've, you've got to. You've got to be on the ball. You've got to be ready to get back at it. As soon as we can get out, we can get out there again. Um, and she's right, you know. If it has to be cancelled again, well, that's just how it is. And we, we, we're, we, did have a, we did have a big UK tour cancelled. Our biggest yet. You know, bigger venues than we've ever played. Some great support to uh, booked. It was all ready to go, and that got cancelled. And it's kind of all hanging in the air. So we're just waiting for a time where we can confidently release it again because we don't want to release things only to cancel them again. Um, and, 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 and all this, all this business, all this lockdown business is it is making it, it does make you think on your feet. I mean, I, I think all the live stream stuff is great. A lot of the stuff, um, not a band doing. Um, live stream you know I did, I've done some a lot of stuff with fans you know question and answer stuff um, uh, Facebook live and Instagram live and my other half management company runs a thing called uh, Rock, Rock the Lockdown and she gets all her fans to do like a 15 minute slot she gets four or five fans she's got them all the slots for an hour it's an hour's thing on the internet and that's great um, you just got to keep people keep people um, on the edge of the seat almost ready for when you're just ready to get out there and 
gig as hard as you can again. Um, I don't know if there's any plan or if, if we've got anything. It's just the unknowing. It's just so unpredictable. And, and we just, you just got to play it by ear, I think, and just be ready to pounce on it again when, when we're allowed to loud out of our houses again, really. I think the, I don't know if it's a positive thing, but everybody is in the same boat. You know, it's not just it's not just mm. affecting certain bands here and not other bands here. I mean, bands in America are affected by it. Bands in the UK, bands in Europe, bands all bands all over. Yeah. And yeah. at least at least everyone can you know support each other when the gates do open and people are allowed to play mm. again and people are allowed to go to gigs again. I think that's going to be great because I think everyone is just going to be happy to do so, and I think it's going to create a great atmosphere. And I know. And I've I've mentioned this in the past how rock and roll has been building momentum over the last few years. There's a lot of great new bands, whether it's America, whether it's UK, all over. And I think it sucks because it had to be paused because I think there's some great stuff out there. But there will be a day where everyone is going to be out and playing and touring, and I think it's going to create more of a of a of a boom, more of a a, t- a scene, you know, a global scene of all these rock bands out there playing. I think that's, I think that's going to be positive. You know, out of something bad, out of something bad, something good always does happen. And I think the good out of this is people are going to be hungry for live performances. People are going to be hungry for rock and roll. And I think that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's almost, it's, it's almost the, um, a rock and roll is always, has always kind of flown in the face of adversity, and 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 that's always been the thing that, that made it stronger, bigger, and stronger. So I, th- I think you're right, and the support has been amazing. The support from rock fans uh, has just been incredible. I was, I was, I was nervous. Well, I have never parceled so many t-shirts up in my life uh, in the last ten years of this band. In the last few weeks during this lockdown, people are hungry for it, and they want to support you, and they want you to succeed, and they want they want you to be there when all this is over, so that and get back to, to gigs and I, I simply can't wait the, the atmosphere I think that when people get back out and get get to live gigs again it's just going to be it's going to be great I, I, just, I just can't wait for it and you're right, right there has been a, I've, I've, been, I've said in a lot of interviews there has been a there has been a huge movement over the last two two or three years for, for rock bands it's not it's, it's maybe not on a commercial level uh, as much as a, as a lot of genres or as rock was but there's definitely there's a there's a a, a, a wealth of, of, of just amazing young young new rock bands, um, and it's great it's great in this country that the that the big the big players are supporting them now. Planet Rocks and Prime Audio Radios and your Classic Rock Magazine and, and and all these huge huge media outlets are, are getting right behind all the young rock bands. It, it's, it's really cool, you know, and it, and it feels feels really good, and it feels like you're doing something something worthwhile and uh, keeping this whether, whether whether rock will ever truly come back to being a, a huge commercial huge commercial force like it was I don't really know but if we can you know keep keep it going and keep it alive and keep well there's fans out there that like it while we're still doing the business that, that's good enough for me and uh, it, I think it's as strong as it has been in years I think definitely anyway 
Oh, I agree. I mean, there's so many great bands out there. There's so much great new rock music out there just right underneath the surface. And yeah, it may not be as relevant as it was years ago, but there are periods in history where rock and roll kind of does go into the shadows, goes, you know, they go into the, the corners yeah. of the of the world and, and they're not seen or heard from for a bit. And I think we're in that period now. But in, every time that's happened, yeah. when it does arise again, it comes back stronger than before. And I think that's what we're, I think that's what we're about to see in rock music. You know, bands like Massive Wagons, bands like Dirty Honey, you know, in the U.S. and other bands too, as well that I've talked to and interviewed and haven't had the chance to talk to. I think there's so much great music out there and so much enthusiasm that I think it's coming. And one of the 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 constant topics that we talk about here on the Hook Rocks is the state of rock music. And I know there's a lot of people that would love to see Massive Wagons in the U.S., and I know logistically it is a challenge for a band from overseas to get here. You know, with the lack of infrastructure in rock and roll, I think it really does hurt a lot of bands, a lot of up-and-coming bands, because it's really difficult for you know, people to cross over into other markets. The good thing is, is that you have the Internet, so you're able to get your music to people that may not have heard it 20 years ago, 25 years ago, if the situation was the same. What are your thoughts on yeah. the state of rock and roll and how, you know, playing the U.S. or playing other markets can affect you and can impact you? Um, I mean, America, America to me is like, it's like another universe or it's like another world. Like you said about, about, it is difficult. I mean, without with it, on this commercial, I suppose, and they're signed to a huge label. They have a lot of a lot of support, money support, and and backing, and uh, all the right people doing all the right things to, to make it happen for them. Um, but for a smaller band, it's really difficult. Yeah, and America is very daunting. It'd be great to go. It would be great to go there, but I, I think for us, I'd like I'd have to go there when it was absolutely, absolutely certain that it was gonna gonna be going I mean don't get me wrong that sounds wrong it's always worth going because you're always playing to people and you're always gonna make fans and it's gonna be great playing rock music to rockers that's not the point but if it's gonna be worth to make the most of it if you like America certainly um, it'd be great to go to be able to go across and support a bigger band you know somebody I mean somebody, somebody like Pete Snyder I mean that would be great you know go across with somebody like that guy uh, 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 kind of grab all of his coattails and pick up his fans, you know, pick up his fan base. That would be amazing. But for us, I mean, at the moment, I mean, we've hammered the UK to death, um, really. Uh, the, Europe is a big thing for us. We, we, we do okay in Germany. Um, we've been to Germany a few times. We supported Thunder in Germany, and uh, and that was incredible. And they're, they're, a, they're a, it's a great, a great crowd in Germany. They love rock, rock music. And Scandinavia is another one who we were supposed to be. Um, touring this year, but that got cancelled. I, I think I don't think rock's ever gone away. Like you said, it just it just kind of filters away for a while and just um, keeps its head down until it until it until it, until it comes back. And it, and I've always said I've always said bands bands don't realise how important they are. They, they, they might not they, they might not make it in their own sense of the phrase of what they think making it is. But you need bands. You need bands to keep grinding out the music and keep filling, keep playing. You know, until the next big band comes along. I mean. We never do anything bigger than what we're doing now. I'll always be happy that we played our part 
in um, in keeping it going for the next big man to come along. You know, the band underneath us that make up colossal. You know, well, you know, if, if all our all the bands stop playing, then there's going to be no market for the, the big bands in the future. You know, so we're, we're, you're all doing your bit. You know, you, you, you included. You know, you know, when I go back to the song in it together, that's kind of what that song was about. In a sense, is everybody, everybody in the music industry. The rock industry needs to realise that we're, we're, we're in it together, you know. We're, everybody's trying to get a leg up and get one over on the next band or the next venue or get a bit more money, but without, without any bands, there's no venues, and without any promoters, there's no venues. With no, you know, with no fan base, there's no bands. We're, we're doing this together. We're, we're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to get this whole thing together forward, aren't we? And uh, and bring it back somehow, or one day, or keep keep it going until the next thing appears, you know, and then. Uh, yeah, maybe we can support that band in America, perhaps. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it has started. Like, over the last couple of years, there have been some bands from UK and Europe that have come over and toured. I know the Amazons just did a tour with Dirty Honey, a small tour last summer. Right. Temperance Movement did a tour with Tyler Bryant. So it is starting. You know, yeah. I, I, I have seen that happen over the last couple years and hopefully you know that means great things for you and other bands too as well because i know i mean i'd love to see you here in chicago i mean it would be it'd be phenomenal but um you know (laughs) i i think it's coming and i think more and more people are are being exposed to bands overseas or australia or canada wherever they're coming from and i think that's a good thing i think that's creating more momentum and like i said you know when this is all over there'll be a hunger for it and Hopefully that hunger creates that that boom that we all want rock and roll to have because as as I've been saying, it's been coming for a while because there's so much great music underneath the surface that people really haven't been paying attention to, and I think as these as these bands punch through and gain success, it's just going to be great for everybody. Yeah, de- de- definitely, definitely. Which leads me back to to the. Um yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, like your classic rock magazine over here and Planet Rock Radio. Yeah. You know, over the last two, three, four years, those ba- those 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 big players have got behind the younger bands, which is which is the movement, isn't it? That that, that is that, that is proof that, that that things are moving forward. Is that the the bigger the bigger media outlets are taking notice of the, the smaller bands because you know these are these these bands are, are the future of rock music, whether they like it or not. You know, these big bands. Although they do try and stick around forever, they really aren't going to be around forever making new music. You, the future has to, you have to invest in the future if you want to keep your job or you want to keep this thing going. And then we're lucky over here. I've, 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 I do find um, I do find it's really lucky. We get a lot of great great bands, the great bands from around the world that seem to come here uh, regularly. You know, um, like uh, Rival Sons are a great prime example of that. Um, I, I have no idea how big they are in America, but over here, you know, they do really well, and they're thought really highly. You know, Arrival Thunder just just fantastic. Blackberry Smoke are another one. They're one of my favourite bands. I, I, absolutely fantastic, and it's, it's great that they could they come over here. I mean, this is a, ti- a tiny place compared to a lot of places, America and Australia. Um, but all these all these bands come here, and um, I don't know why they must. I've never really been never been from America or Australia, so I don't know what the whole scene's like, but. These, these bands are the these bands are the centre of the scene over here, really. Not those bands. Uh, the Volbeat. Vol- I know they're not an American band. They're, they're another great band that we seem to be doing great things at the moment around the world. So it can be it can be done. And my, my philosophy has always been: if somebody else can do it, then I can do it. 
you know, I, I don't, I don't care. I don't. They're only, they're only people, and they're only writing music, you know. So they've got there somehow. So it, there's no reason why me and my mates can't get there, you know, some some way. They're not human. They're not. They're not superhuman beings. They're only, they're only people that have got there one way or another. So, you know, that's what that's that's always been the thing I've sort of relied on. You know, two of the bands that you mentioned that you just mentioned. Rival Sons and Blackberry Smoke are two of my favorite bands as well. Mm. Uh, I love yeah. Rival Sons. I love Blackberry Smoke. Both phenomenal live acts. Both phenomenal uh, you know, singer, songwriters. You know, just out al- the albums are great. But those are bands that have been around for ten years, ten plus years. And what's frustrating as a music fan is. You know, when people are like, well, what's a new rock band or what, you know, what's a band that I should be listening to? You know, and I say, well, have you heard of the Rival Sons or have you heard of Blackberry Smoke? And nine times out of 10 or eight times out of 10, people are like, oh, I've never heard of them. I'm like, well, you got to check them out. You got to listen to them. And, you know, what, what, <laughs> yeah. what is frustrating is that music, and I'm even talking like the, you know, you guys have been around for a bit too, like, you know, Massive Wagons. And then though, there's the new acts, you know, Dirty Honey, Joyous Wolf, you know, Riders Creed, Takeaway Thieves, all these bands that are coming up and, and are fairly new that are great. It just, it sucks because people, there's no infrastructure, especially in America, for people to hear new rock music because there's so much great stuff. The fact that Rival Sons, is finally starting to gain some momentum in the U.S. after years of being more or less an underground band, a club band, is great. But it sucks that it took them, it took people that long to say, "Wow, this is a really good band." You know, this is, yeah. you know, that these are these yeah. are talented musicians. Same thing with Blackberry Smoke. So, I think lack of infrastructure is, is really been a, a crutch to gaining momentum and success for for rock music. Hopefully, that's going to change. I think it will, but. I think that's that's the biggest thing. It's just that there's, you know, when when people in America we have classic rock stations and they play the same fifty songs over and over again. <laughs> yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And and you know when yeah. there's new rock out there, there's new albums being released. It's like play the new Rival Sons, play the play Massive Wagons from the UK, play this band or that band, and it just it it doesn't happen. And I think people now have to go out and find it. And that's the other yeah. frustrating thing. It's like, come on, you know, this is all great music. Let's promote it. Let's let's get this going. Yeah, I mean, you, you're absolutely spot on. That, that, that's that's the other, that's the, one of the other things that, that I always said to myself was, I, I realized that I realized after a few years of being in the band that, that, that 10, 10 years was kind of a benchmark. You know, I said to myself, well, you can ex- you can expect yourself, Barry, to probably be doing this. For ten years at least before you start to see any decent results. So I always said to myself, "Well, you know, even when things weren't going so well, I thought I really, I really want to give myself news doing this. And if it's not going anywhere after ten years, I'm, I'm happy to knock it on the head, um, you know, because I, I, I started looking at the bands and realizing yeah, they've been going ten years. They've been doing this ten years. I mean, a big one, another one was a band called Biffy Clyro. Um, you're probably aware of them. They're quite big in they're big in this country. I don't know if they're big in America. Probably." Um, they're a bunch of Scottish guys. They were going. They put out. I think they put out five albums before they got huge. Five albums. Now I always said to myself, "Well, we're only on album two, or we're only on album three. I'm going to wait. I'm going to give myself five albums. I'm going to put five albums out and see where we are after five albums. I just did not want to give up too soon. I don't want to give up before I know that it's not going anywhere. And, and luckily, over the last two years, things have moved on for us. 
I mean, don't get me wrong, we're not on any any sort of scale of sign or success compared to a lot of bands, but things have come on more in two years, the last two years, than they have over the previous seven, eight years for us. And that that's what just kept me going, is the fact that it's on the up at the moment, you know, and, and that's what keeps me excited and keeps going, is when, when things are progressing, because we're families now, and if it started to take a dip or it started to go nowhere, then I'd be happy to call it a day, but while it's going while it's going well for us, then I want to I want to keep going because yeah yeah te- you're right ten years it's sad that it's sad that it takes bands that long yeah. to get anywhere or to get any recognition um, yeah and people say oh I've never never heard of that band well they've been going to yeah another another funny little thing was we, we played we played a, band, a festival called Steelhouse um, and I got I had an interview before I went on stage and then somebody said how does it, how does it feel Barry going on stage before all these all these legends, you know, you're one of the new bands here, one of the new breed. Um, he said, oh, "Are you nervous? Are you nervous about going on before whoever it was? I don't know." Um, uh, and, and, I, and I said, "Not, not really. I've, I've been doing this ten years." <laughs> I said, "You want you want nervous?" I said, "You, you want to try playing? You want to try playing in a in a pub or a club to a bunch of people that don't want to listen to your music? You know, that's that's nerve wracking. You know, you put me on a stage anywhere in the world, and I'll enjoy myself." You know, I'm not nervous. I've been doing people. People don't realise just because you're new to them doesn't mean you're a new band. I'm like, I've got a wealth of experience. I know exactly what I'm doing. You don't have to worry. I don't. I don't get nervous, and you don't have to worry about our performance because I've been doing it a long time. But they don't realise you've been doing it a long time because they haven't heard of you. They just assume assume you're a new band, which is, you know, which is more full them if you ask me. Well, Barry, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you very much for doing the episode. Uh, House of Noise. And no worries. Out in July, the new Massive Wagons album. Look for it. The new single is In It Together. You can stream it. You can go watch the video on on YouTube. It's a great song. Really looking forward to this album. It's an album that I've been anticipating here for a while, and I'm really excited that uh, it's about to be released. Uh, brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for, for getting in touch. I really appreciate it tonight. Anything like this, I'm, I, I, I love it. It's great that the industry, um, that you're part of the industry, and it's just the friendliest, the coolest sort of industry going. The rock, the rock, the rock crowd. I love it, and the all rock fans. It's just great. Well, what do you like about you on their jacket? Once, once you once you pick up a rock fan, you, you stick with you. I find good albums, bad albums. It's like a life thing, and, it, and it's just it's just brilliant. So yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks, and thanks to all your listeners. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you again, Barry. Appreciate it. Good luck with the new album. Once again, everybody, it is Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay strong, stay healthy. Find us on Facebook at The Hook Rocks. Find us on Twitter at The Hook Rocks. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.